Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1995's Clueless. Hey guys, and welcome to the show. Today I'm going to be talking about Clueless from 1995. But before I get into that, it's been a good week. It's been a good week, not just for myself, but for everybody. It's been a good legal week uh, for a couple of people. Uh, Britney Spears got out of her uh, conservatorship. That's a good thing. She uh, doesn't have to listen to her dad anymore. That's a good thing. She She can be her own person now. So that's a good thing. And also the big thing, we finally got R. Kelly the fuck up out of here. <laughs> that's a good thing uh, to uh, to think about is that R. Kelly is no longer threatening little girls or taking little girls' innocence. You know, that's 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 always a good thing, right? To protect to protect kids, that's always a good thing. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm just so fucking happy that this dude's fucking gone cause this dude's been doing this shit for 30 something years and it's sad because we all knew about this shit and we didn't do anything about it I was uh, listening to another podcast uh, Blurs in the Hood Blurs in the Hood shout out to uh, Jay Washington and uh, Winston A. Marshall those guys over there at Blurs in the Hood uh, I listen to the show from time to time I love the sh- I like the show but I was listening to those guys talk about R. Kelly, and I think it was, was it Winston A. Marshall? It was Winston A. Marshall talking about how, because they were talking about how it took a lifetime to actually nail this motherfucker when we knew about this shit for decades, like 90s. We knew about this shit for at least like three decades, three and a half decades. Cause like he he was probably doing this shit in the 80s too. Cause they said the motherfucker, the motherfucker would hang out in front of schools. The motherfucker would hang out in front of high schools. He would hang out in front of McDonald's where the kids go to lunch. And I think he would like send a guy over and tell tell the tell the girl to come over. And he's just like, hey, I'm R. Kelly. Or some shit like that. You know, but he would lure a little girl, he would lure little girls in. Uh, with with his celebrity, and he would do abhorrent things to them, just just evil, vile, sick things to them that we knew he was doing. We knew we knew he was doing this shit for the past like thirty something years, and we didn't say a goddamn word about it. We we swept it under the rug. We knew this motherfucker. Married a 15-year-old girl. We knew this motherfucker peed on a 13-year-old in a fucking videotape. His nickname says that says it all. He calls himself the Pied Piper of RB. He calls himself the Pied Piper of RB. Who the who the fuck wouldn't catch on to that? Cause you know what the Pied Piper did? The Pied Piper lured kids out of their villages. And he took them where they were never seen again. And that's what the fuck he was doing to these girls. He would lock them in dungeons. And lock them in rooms and shit. And 
never let them and never let them see their parents ever again. He would never let them see their parents. Some of these girls had to escape, you know. So, so I don't feel so I don't feel one ounce of sympathy for this motherfucker. I don't feel one ounce of sympathy for this motherfucker. This motherfucker's a sex trafficker. He's a fucking pervert. He's an evil, he's an evil, vile man. He's an evil, vile man, and we knew this shit. And it took, and I, I, I hate to be this guy. <laughs> I hate to be this fucking guy. Because I think even Winston, Mar- Winston Marshall was talking about this on Blurs in the Hood. But I'm going to be a little bit more crass about it. Uh, it took the white man to come in and fucking deal with our fucking problems. Is what it took. It took the white man to come in and deal with a problem that we were supposed to deal with. Black men were supposed to deal with this fucking problems. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let black women off the off the hook either. Black women were supposed to let us deal with this motherfucker. But because this motherfucker made music that you like and made you feel good, you wanna let this motherfucker fuck with little girls. That's what you wanna do. You wanna let this motherfucker have his way with your daughters, with your nieces. You know, with your with your with your granddaughters for some of you, <laughs> with your granddaughters. You know, because this motherfucker made you feel good. It's not about how you feel. It's about doing what's right. That's what that's what it's about. It's not about how you feel. It's about what's it's about what's right. And all you motherfuckers failed. You had to have a white man come in. Any, anybody that was close to this motherfucker, anybody that was close to this motherfucker. Should have stopped him and like, yo, man, what the what the fuck you doing? This shit is vile. This shit is crazy. What, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't even care. I don't even care if you gotta put hands on this nigga. I don't care if you gotta put hands on this motherfucker. Do what you gotta do. We we I don't I don't I don't deal I don't deal with, with fucking children being abused at all. I mean, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. If anybody was to do that to my daughter, that motherfucker's gonna end up in a ditch. I'm sorry. That motherfucker's gonna be gone. <laughs> he's gonna be gone. I'm sorry. But but he's a vile, he's a he was a vile, he's a vile human being, man. I'm glad that justice was finally served. It took, like I said, it took the white man to come in and, and, and nail his ass, but we didn't do it, so. We had to get it. We had to get. We had to get justice somehow. But anyway, let's go into uh, what if? Because I always talk about what if every week. When does what if end? Actually, I'm, I'm looking at this now, and I was like, because usually all these Marvel shows, they've they've lasted like at the most eight episodes, and we're on episode eight now. I don't know if this is the last episode. If there's gonna be a season two, because I think there's gonna be, I think there's gonna be a season two of Loki. I think Loki's getting a season two. All the other Marvel, all the other Marvel shows so far, so far, all the other Marvel shows aren't getting uh, second seasons. So this one's getting a second season. Um, I think Loki's getting this. No, what am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. I'm talking about what if? What if? I don't know if what if to get in the second season. I know Loki's getting the second season. That's what I'm. That's what I said. But um, yeah, this episode was really good. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Lie. This episode was really good. We're getting back to top tier after episode seven. 
with Thor at episode six with Killmonger. Even though the Killmonger, the Killmonger one is really intriguing. It wasn't. It wasn't like it didn't really hit me. You know, it didn't really hit me in the heart. You know, it didn't really capture me. Uh, th- uh, the Thor one was pointless. I thought that one was boring. Um, this one right here, this one, this one was really good, <laughs> really good, because uh, it was about if Ultron succeeded in getting the Vision's body, what he would do, and dude just went, dude just went wild, bro. <laughs> dude just went. Fucking wild! If you don't want, if you don't want spoilers, uh, maybe click off now. Or uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get spoilery, but I don't want to risk it. I don't know, but dude was going, dude was going wild, bro. Dude was going in. Uh, and the two the, the two heroes we got for this. I think he killed all the Avengers. All the Avengers were dead except for Hawkeye and Black Widow. Which is like, those are the two you, you keep alive. <laughs> well, I, Scarlett Johansson, I, I forgot about that. Other news, other court news, Scarlett Johansson got her money. I forgot about talking about that. <laughs> Look, Scarlett Johansson got her 40 million and she's back, she back in the family now. She, she all good. So, like, they was like, yeah, we're going to work with Scarlett again <laughs> on some shit, you know. I wonder if she's still doing that, um, uh, uh, they want to do a movie with her, it's like, based on a ride, I think it was, uh, god damn it, god damn it, it's a, it's a, it's a ride that I like a lot, too, um, god damn it, it's the, not the Haunted Mansion, because I think that's gonna be, like, Lakeith Stansfield and, uh, Tiffany Haddish doing Haunted, doing the remake of Haunted Mansion, Ugh. the Tower of Terror, that's what she's doing, Scarlett Johansson's doing Tower of Terror with Disney, I was like, I can't wait to see that. I love Tower of Terror. <laughs> like, Tower of Terror is my shit. Uh, you get in a fucking elevator, you drop. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, ride now at Disney. <laughs> it used to be the Tower of Terror. But, yeah, man, that, that ride is fucking dope. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she's doing that. So, like, she's back in the family. Speaking of Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow and shit like that. Um, so, it was just them two. Uh, trying to stop Ultron. Ultron's envisioned body. He got the Infinity Stones. Also, it's like Ultron envisions body with the old, old Ultron armor with the Infinity Stones because he, because Thanos came up in that motherfucker thought he was gonna run shit, and Ultron was like, Nah, nigga, and he fucking killed that motherfucker. And took the Infinity Stones. <laughs> he took the Infinity Stones, and he was like. These Infinity Stones is mine. Now I'm about to conquer everything. And he conquered everybody. Like, he conquered. I think he conquered. He conquered Wakanda. He conquered uh, 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 Asgard. He conquered. Because I, I got a, a typo from the last uh, typo from the last episode. Or a correction from the last episode. I call Asgard Valhalla. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. I'm going to. Re- uh, it's Asgard. That's what I'm. I, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, calling it Valhalla, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but, um, it's, but he conquered Asgard, he conquered Wakanda, he conquered, uh, where's where, uh, the Nova Corps is, damn it, I forgot their name, I forgot the name, I keep forgetting names, <laughs> I am not good, 
with names. Oh, he conquered Sakaar, where uh, Grandmaster is from uh, Thor Ragnarok. He conquered Sakaar. He conquered uh, fucking. Uh, where the Nova Core at? Xandar. He conquered Xandar. He, like he he went through everybody, and it was just Ultron. Ultron's like, yo, man, ain't nothing else for me to do. You <laughs> like, I ain't got shit else to do. I conquered everything, and then the Watcher was there. The Watcher. Oh my God, the Watcher. The Watcher. The Watcher was a main character in this episode. So the Watcher was like, <laughs> he was like talking, and he was like, yeah, he he didn't conquer everything, and now he's bored. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have a purpose. And then Ultron was like, what the fuck said that? <laughs> and the Watcher was like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? Uh, that motherfucker heard me. <laughs> That's what he was like. He was like, that motherfucker heard me. And then he just started torturing the watcher. He was like, I know where you at, motherfucker. He came up in that motherfucker kid. The watcher was like, oh shit, this motherfucker know where I live. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, uh, you gonna tell me everything you know about the universe. And he was like, if you don't tell me everything I know about, I need to know about the universe, I'ma kill your ass, pretty much. When he said, he like, I'ma, I'ma fucking kill you. And it was just, it was, it was wild. It was crazy. If you haven't seen the episode, it's, it's a, it's a good watch. And like, fucking Ultron, Ultron spooked the watchers so bad that he had to call uh, evil Doctor Strange. From like a couple episodes ago. <laughs> to, to straighten his shit out. And he was like. Hey, even Dr. Strange was like. I knew you would call me. And that was pretty much the end of the episode. So that was it. I don't know if we're going to get episode 9. Or that's the season. That's it. I guess I guess, I shall, I guess we shall see. Because I don't, I don't know how many episodes. This show has. Basically. But I like the episode. It's it's up there. It's It's pretty good. I'll be back with my review of Clueless after these messages. And welcome back, guys. Uh, Clueless, 1995. This is the movie we're doing today. uh, Starring Alicia Silverstone. I'm going to talk to you guys and tell you guys how I saw it as as a kid. I saw this movie on HBO. I think I saw this movie. That was the first time I actually saw this movie on HBO because I didn't go see it in the theater. <laughs> didn't go see it in the theater, but I remember seeing it on HBO, and that's how I kind of got hooked on it. Uh, I do remember watching this movie a lot as a kid, and it growing into becoming one of my favorite movies. But like as I got older, I started growing out of it. You know, as I as I started to like turning into a teenager, I want to say is like when I started growing out of it. You know, I started you know liking other things. You know, so like this movie like fell to the wayside. Uh, this this is I think. Don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on this, but I think this is like the first time I've watched this movie in like twenty years. I want to say two thousand one. 
2000 or 2001. It's like the last time I actually watched Clueless. I haven't. I know I haven't watched this movie in a while. That's all I know. I know I haven't watched this movie in a long time. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Clueless. Or maybe I watched it. Maybe I watched it when me and my wife were dating. Cause I think she was. A, she's a fan of Clueless. And maybe we watched it. When we were dating at that point, that'd be 15 years. So still, it's still long as fuck. So uh, you know, <laughs> when we first started dating, so uh, that'd be 15 years ago. But uh, me and my wife started dating, and if we did watch Clueless, it's still on. That's still on. That's still a long fucking time. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into the technical. This movie was written and directed by Amy Heckerling. The movie has a Rotten Tomato score of. 81% and the movie has a budget of 12 million had a budget had a budget of 12 million dollars and brought in 56.6 million dollars at the box office this is overall this is not like first weekend or anything like that I just want to uh, clarify because like when I do box office on this podcast it's overall with, with the movie made overall in the box office not like first weekend or anything like that. I don't know how much it made first weekend. I didn't I didn't research that, but I, I'm just gonna say box office overall, it made fifty six point six million dollars, which is pretty damn good for a movie like that. This movie did really well because back in this is this is not a tentpole movie. This is not a tentpole movie. Uh, this is a this is a small movie. I don't think a lot of people. Uh, really believed in Clueless like this. I don't think, because it had a whole bunch of people in this movie that you didn't really know. You know, so, the lot, there's a lot of people in this movie that you didn't really know that's getting a, that's just getting a big break. So, a lot of people didn't, a lot of people didn't have a lot of uh, faith in this movie, you might say. Uh, so, really good for it to do that well at the box office. Oh god damn, I gotta I gotta talk about the, the casting. The people that almost got the roles. <laughs> the actors that almost got the got these roles are are iconic. Cause let me go through them. I'm gonna go through the actors that almost got some of these roles. It's not all of them, but some of them. Uh Angelina Jolie, Reese Witherspoon, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Sarah Michelle Geller were all up to play Cher. Uh, before they cast Alicia Silverstone, Ben Affleck and Zach Braff auditioned for Josh. Uh, shares a stepbrother, Josh. They both auditioned for it. Ben Affleck, I think, would have been a perfect Josh. I really do. I really think that Ben Affleck would have been a perfect Josh. And uh, Zach Braff, I don't really see Josh. And it's funny because Zach Braff audition for this that mean he would have probably been in this movie with his with his good friend his best friend uh donald Faison, because donald Faison is in this movie as uh stacy dash's character's boyfriend so that that would be the first time they met instead of instead of scrubs so <laughs> i love scrubs scrubs is one of my favorite show i i never really talked about i don't really talk about tv on here i'm thinking about starting a tv podcast I actually am. I'm thinking about starting a TV podcast once uh, once I get situated with this podcast. Uh, I'm thinking about like branching off and starting a TV podcast, but that's for that's for another day. Uh, and Scrubs is on that list. Scrubs is one of my favorite fucking TV shows. I love the shit 
out of fucking scrubs. But um But yeah, man, that would have been funny. That would have been funny because that would have been the first time they met instead of meeting on scrubs. But anyway, um Seth Green auditioned for the Stoner Travis. I think he would have been perfect for that. Uh a character actress named uh, Alana Ubach auditioned for Ty. This this is the one that this is the one that gets me though. This is the one that gets me. Terrence Howard and Dave Chappelle both auditioned for Dion's boyfriend Murray. Both of them auditioned for Murray. I don't see Dave Chappelle playing that role. I really don't. I'm looking at what Dave Chappelle was in 1995. Uh he was in another professor like a year later as the comedian. And I'm looking at that. I was like, nah, I, was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> like, he's not believable as uh, Dion's boyfriend. Terrence Howard, maybe. I don't know. Maybe him. Uh, but Donald Faison was perfect. Donald Faison was a perfect Murray. I was like, I, I really don't see anybody else playing that character other than Donald Faison. So that was pretty good. There's another one that's pretty good. <laughs> Harvey Keitel was almost Cher's dad. Harvey Keitel almost played Cher's dad. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been fucking funny. Uh, I didn't see nothing about Stacey Dash's character, Dion. I guess no one else wanted to play Dion. I guess she was the only pick for Dion. I guess that's it. Let's get into the pros and cons of this movie. Let's talk about the pros first. This movie was very nostalgic for me. Very, very nostalgic for me. I I, I put this movie on and I immediately got transported back to the 90s. Immediately. I immediately got transported to the 90s. Like They made a lot of 90s references in this movie and I loved every minute of it. Every minute of it because... I want to say this is like, this is 95, so this is around the time like the O.J. Simpson trial was going on, and everything, it was just like a whole bunch of, it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on, and 1995 is like a nice sweet spot in the 90s, you might say, it's a nice sweet spot in the 90s, um, so like they had a lot of 90s, they was talking about like Zima commercials, and at the beginning, it was when she said, I know you think this is probably a Noxzema commercial or something. <laughs> but Cher said that at the beginning. <laughs> but like they made they made a lot of 90s references. I can't. There's so many, I can't even remember all of them right now. But I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. They were like, this is one of those type of movies uh where you had to be there. You just had to be there. I feel like if you weren't around in the 90s, you wouldn't really you wouldn't really understand this movie. I feel like that. I feel like if you weren't around in the 90s, you wouldn't really understand this movie. This is this is that type of movie. This is like um I don't know, maybe maybe maybe. <laughs> Cuz I watch movies from the 70s and I watch movies from the 80s too and I'm just like I just watch the movie for the movie, but they make a lot of references. I don't know a lot of 80s movies that make a lot of 80s references. I don't know a lot of 70s movies 
it's just like the clothes. It's just the clothes and the way they talk. I guess that's it. Because in the night, in Clueless, it's like they wear a lot of clothes that you wouldn't wear today. They wear, they say a lot of shit that you probably wouldn't say today. I don't know. But maybe I'm just, I don't know. Let's move along. <laughs> Let's move along. Uh, Alicia Silverstone is fantastic in this movie as Cher. Because uh, this is this is really her breakout role. She's been in other things before this. I remember her in the Aerosmith commercials. That's where I first saw not the Aerosmith commercials, the Aerosmith videos. The videos are like commercials, but you know, like, I remember her in the Aerosmith videos that she did with uh, Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler. Uh, what were they called? It was crazy. It was a trilogy of them because it was crazy, amazing and crying she was in all three of those videos that's the first time i ever seen alicia silverstone and then she did this movie which i'm probably gonna review i'm probably gonna review this like later on because it's a very obscure movie i'm trying to say i'm trying to save very obscure movies for really really later on now or in january january is when i do like obscure movies now uh but she was in this really obscure movie called the crush where like she's like this obsessed teenager who's obsessed she's just like a teenager that's just obsessed with this grown man she has a crush on him and the crush turns violent <laughs> like she's really like murderous to get this man but if you ever checked out the crush go watch the crush I actually it's actually that's actually one of my favorites too that's a that's another movie i haven't watched in a while is the crush but you need to check you need to check out the crush but like that was the first movie i've seen alicia silverstone in but like uh, clueless is her breakout role i think she did the crush like a year before clueless i want to say she did the crush like a year before clueless i want to say that came out like 94 yeah i think the crush came out like 90 it came out in like 93 or 94 you know but like she had a small pocket of time to where like it was just Who's this girl to like, oh yeah, Alicia Silverstone. But like I said, this is her breakout role right here uh, with Clueless. And it was just, is like Hollywood was really setting this girl up to be like the next big star. You know, because in the mid 90s, in the mid 90s, 90, like 90, like 95, 96, 97, kind of 98 ish, she was everywhere. This girl was everywhere. <laughs> she was fucking everywhere. I think she might be the first oversaturated superstar. I want to say. I want to say she might be the first oversaturated superstar cuz I don't think they squeezed a lot out of a out of a out of an actor actor or actress or musician or anybody as much as they squeezed out of Alicia Silverstone in the mid 90s like this girl this girl was fucking everywhere like how uh, and then people started getting tired of her that was the thing it was like that's what kind of killed her career it's like they they used her so fucking much that people started getting tired of her that and the fact that she started doing bad movies you know because <laughs> she did them because she did batman and robin she played batgirl and batman and robin that was terrible and she did uh, Excess Baggage. That was terrible. She probably did some more movies because I, I fell off the bag and after I fell off the bandwagon after Excess Baggage. I was like, that movie's terrible. 
That movie's fucking terrible. And Benicio Del Toro's in that movie, too. If you want to know. Like, Benicio Del Toro's in Excess Baggage. I think it's Benicio Del Toro, Alicia Silverstone, I think Harry Connick Jr., if I'm not mistaken. I think Harry Connick Jr. is in that movie also. But it's not It's not a good movie. It's not a good fucking movie. But yeah, man, she they really, they chewed that girl up and spit her out. Like, big time. Like, she was oversaturated. She's like what, uh, like, a tif- like what a Tiffany Haddish is now. You know, where uh, she hit the scene and then, like, she's just fucking everywhere. They just put her on everything, everywhere. And you just like, oh, my God, you're fucking tired of seeing her. You know? Like, you know? I like Tiffany Haddish, though. I, I like her. I'm not saying that. But Alicia Silverstone was... And then, unlike unlike uh, unlike Tiffany Haddish, I don't think they really gave that girl any good roles after Clueless. Like I said, Batman and Robin could have been something for her. Batman and Robin could have been something for her, but you know, it's they didn't get they didn't give her anything to work with. Uh, like I said, X's baggage is fucking terrible. I don't know what the fuck she did after X's baggage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what she did after X's baggage. I think she disappeared for a little bit, and now she's back because like all she does is like play mom roles now. Is what she does. Like if you seen like a mom, a white mom, in a kids movie, it's most likely Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most likely it's Alicia Silverstone. She's like she's gone from being the ultimate teenage girl in the '90s to mom. <laughs> she's mom now but yeah man like they they really did they really did chew that girl up and spit her out really quick and it's kind of it kind of sucks but she's okay now she seems good you know she's still acting like i said she gets all the mom roles now which there ain't nothing wrong with that she, she could she could play the mom she's she, i think she is a mom in real life now but you know she's got kids so as long as you i'm like as long as you still working you know, as long as you still working, it really don't matter. Like, if they were to give me, like, if I was to be acting and they only give me dad roles, I was like, I'm going to play that dad role to the fucking fullest. I'm going to be like, there's, like, this is character actor. I'm getting off, I'm getting off topic right now, but I'm, but I don't care. I don't give a shit. But this is character actor. I think I mentioned him, mentioned him in one of my uh, reviews, uh, Ron Canada. This is a character actor named Ron Canada, like. This guy's always playing dads. He's always playing like the black dad that doesn't approve of their daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> That's Ron Canada. Ron Canada is like he he used to he every time he used to play somebody's dad, play some girl's dad. He's like, I don't approve of that boy. You know? <laughs> he's like black. He's always like black uppity dad. Who doesn't approve of their daughter's boyfriend? <laughs> that's that's who Ron Canada is. But if I could be Ron Canada, Ron Canada got a good career, you know. So <laughs> just playing uppity black dads, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I'll play uppity black dad if it's paying well. You know, it don't matter to me. It don't matter. It don't matter if I'm at the top of the if I'm the top villain or if I'm just that being a character actor character actors have so much fucking fun 
they have so much fucking fun. You know, I would rather be a character actor than be like a huge star. Cause like, you got an image, you gotta live up to and shit like that. But yeah, man. But like, like I said, like if I was to get those roles, I'll play those roles to the fullest, to the fucking fullest. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, Brittany Murphy. Oh my god, Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy is just so fucking adorable. <laughs> She's so adorable. Like when she comes into this movie she really does light up the screen with her performance it's it's so it's so sad that she died man like like before she died she was really on track to be a huge star i i really believe that if she was alive today if she was alive today she would have had an oscar by now that's how good that girl is that's how good that girl is at acting that's how nonchalant she is and how natural she is and acting, because even in this movie, she's just fucking natural, she's just being her, you know, <laughs> you know, she's just being her, you know, she's so, she was such a fucking natural, you know, she was such a fucking natural, and it's like, I'm like, that girl, I'm like, that girl would have been, that girl would have been, like, one of the legends, I think, she would have been a legend in this industry, if she was still here today, Oh yeah, man. This is like she's she was incredible in this movie. I like I loved her in this movie. Um, I'm also happy that they decided to cl- include m- minorities in this movie. <laughs> they included minorities in this movie because you got uh, Dion Mur- Dion and Murray, played by uh, Stacey Dash and uh, Donald Faison, who are black, and you got Summer, uh, which I forgot to get that I forgot to get that actress's name. I was supposed to look up that actress's name. <laughs> And I forgot to look up her name. Let me look her up now. I'm, I'm in front of my computer right now. Hold on. Let me look up that actress's name. Um, I hate I hate to hold up the podcast like this, but let me look her up. Let me hold. Let me let me look her up. Let me, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I'm singing a song until I get her name. If they got her name. In this goddamn cast, look it up the cast. Nicole Blenderback. That's her name. <laughs> what a name. Nicole Blenderback. That's her name. <laughs> that is legit her name. Her name is Nicole Blenderback. <laughs> That's her fucking name. Blenderback. That's an amazing fucking name. That's a crazy fucking name. But anyway, uh, yeah, you got Dion and Murray, like I say, played by Stacey Dash and Donald Faison, and then you got Summer, who's Asian, played by Nicole Blenderback. Or ben- I'm saying Blenderback. Blenderback. It's a tongue twister. Uh, I mean, like Summer doesn't really say much in the movie, but. She's there. She got a couple of lines. But so, <laughs> she got a couple of lines, but I gotta, I gotta give him props for that. I gotta give him props for putting minorities in this movie, especially like two, two black kids. They put two black kids in this movie just to show that black people make money too. You know, they show that black people rich in Beverly Hills too. You know, and then they got this, they got this little Asian girl. You know, which, that's not really far fetched that Asian people are rich, but you know. So, <laughs> But they decided to they decided to, to include us. 
they decided they decided to include minorities, some minorities, and they didn't have to do that. They really didn't have to do that. They could have ignored us just like every other teen-oriented thing in the 90s, you know, because there weren't any black people on Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, you had one black girl on Saved by the Bell. You know, yeah, Lisa, Lisa Turtle. That's her name. That's her legit name, Lisa Turtle. Yeah, Lisa Turtle on uh, Saved by the Bell. And I guess you could say Power Rangers. You had Zach and Trini. And I count Jason, too, because I think the, the guy that plays Jason, uh, I don't know if Jason's, Jason is supposed to be a white guy, but the guy that plays Jason is not white. Uh, a guy, Austin St. John, he's actually, uh, I think he's, what is he? I think he's like, I think he's Mexican. It's like Mexican and like Native American or something like that. I think he is. I think I looked it up. Like he's, I think he's, he's like, he's like mixed with a whole bunch of shit. I think he's like, I think I looked up his uh, bio. I think they say like he's Mexican, Mexican. He's Hawaii. I think they say he's Hawaiian and he's Native American. I think that's what they said on his bio. But like, yeah, he, like he's not, he's not white. You know, but I think they passed the character off as a white dude. But Austin St. John's not a white dude uh, <laughs> at all. But yeah, so I can I kind of count him as a minority. You know, and then they went on to the second season. I'm not really gonna go into a fucking Power Ranger hole because if you, if if you follow me, you guys know I love fucking Power Rangers. But uh, I'm not gonna go down a Power Ranger hole. You know, but that was the other like teen-oriented thing that included but really that's for small children but it, in, but it was they included teenagers the, the the main characters were teenagers and that was like the, the other thing with teenagers in it that, that was very inclusive I always loved that about Power Rangers too they've always been inclusive you know like they've never been that franchise where it was just like all white people you know <laughs> like it's Fun fact, I, I hate to, I'm, I'm, I'm running down a rabbit hole again. I'm, I'm, I said I wasn't going to do it and I'm going and I'm about to do it. Fun fact, there hasn't been a white guy Power Ranger since like, what, 2017 or some shit. Because <laughs> uh, the new season, the new season, there's not a white guy on that show. There's not a white guy on the team. There's only one white, there's only one white person on that team. It's like a the Pink Ranger. The Pink Ranger is like the only white person on that team, if I could confirm. Uh, but like all the other Rangers are, all the other Rangers are different colors. Like just two black guys for the first time on a Power Ranger team. There's an Hispanic dude and there's an Asian dude, and the other girl is uh, his. She's supposed to be Hispanic, but I think in real life she's like Indian or something. I want to say she's Indian, and she's a lesbian. They, she's the first lesbian Power Ranger. They, they actually pulled the trigger on that. Uh, they, they actually show her being a lesbian on on the new season of Power Rangers. So give her props for that. Like she has a girl. She has a girlfriend. Uh, so so yeah, I gotta give her props for that. But like, there hasn't been a there hasn't been a white guy on Power Rangers since like 2017 or some shit. I think with like that season Ninja Steel. You know. Cause uh, Beast Morphers didn't have any white, didn't have any white guys, and this season doesn't have any white guys. So on the show, so they've been over inclusive, and you know, 
I guess you could say they've been over-inclusive, you might say. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I always gave I always gave that show props. That's why I, that's another reason why I love I love that show. I might not love every season of that show. Because there's there's a lot of seasons of that show, a lot of seasons of that show that's fucking corny. But but I, I've always pride them. I've always gave them props of being inclusive to minorities. You know, even like letting black guys lead the Power Rangers. You know, like <laughs> you know, like they let black guys lead the Power Rangers. Nobody, uh, no other superhero show has let a black guy lead the group. Power Rangers did it. They've done it multiple times. You know, so they're doing it right now. This season has a black leader. You know, so you know, like, this season they have a black leader. So, and they've done it twice because the season before that had a black leader. You know, so this is the first time they've actually done it twice in a row where they had Black Red Ranger, Black Red Ranger. So, like, so they've done it twice this season. But not, let me get off the Power Rangers and talk about Clueless. But uh yeah what i was saying like but yeah i gotta give props to clueless for that i gotta give props to clueless for including us you know that's what i want to say about that another thing i like about this movie i like how they took the luke perry character and made him gay (laughs) i love that i love how they took that character and made him gay and Cher is so naive <laughs> that she doesn't even realize that he's gay. <laughs> Everybody knows he's gay except her. Everybody. Everybody knows he's gay except her. She does she she does she doesn't figure it out until somebody tells her. That's when she figures it out. When somebody tells her, they're like, yo, you know he gay, right? <laughs> It's funny because everybody, the audience realizes that this dude's gay. I was 10. I was 10 years old when this movie came out and when I watched this movie. And I realized that dude was gay. And I didn't even really know what gay was at 10. You know, I was like, I was just like, oh, he like boys. You know, (laughs) that's all I do. I was like, oh, he like boys. I know the term for it, but I was like, he's attracted to boys. He like boys. But uh, and I don't think I, I didn't freak out about it either. It was weird in the nineties as a 10 year old, I wasn't like, Ugh, he like boys. You know, I was just like, Oh, he like boys. Okay. You know, so it was just like, I didn't care. But, um, but yeah, man, that, that was, that was, that was funny. Cause this movie is kind of a parody of Beverly Hills 90210. You can kind of see it. So they took the character that's like a, he's kind of like amalgamation of Luke Perry and Jason Priestley on that show. They took that character, molded it together and made it gay. <laughs> it was like, it is fucking glorious. It's wonderful. I love it. But Mighty Mighty Bostones. I got nothing to say about them. I just like the Mighty Mighty Bostones. I just like that they're in this movie. <laughs> I like their music. You know, like I like the music, but that's it. Let's move on to the cons. I'm not really a fan of Cher's character. I'm not really a fan of the character of Cher. I think she's a manipulative little bitch. I really do. I look at this movie now and I was like, oh my God, she is so manipulative. You know, like everything she does for people is to make herself feel better. Everything she does, everything she does for a person is to make them feel, make herself feel better. 
like her getting her two teachers together that wasn't for them that was to get her grades up because like both her teacher both both those teachers were failing her i believe and she was like let me put them together so they forget about me and they give me good grades you know <laughs> that's when she did that even her helping ty she she used ty as a fucking char- charity case and i think ty like ty kind of throws it back at her towards the end of the movie she was like she was just like what you think i'm stupid or something like that she was saying <laughs> you know oh god i'm sweating my fucking ass off i should <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> it's it's kind of hot and it's kind of hot in this room where i'm recording but and i gotta i gotta keep the air and shit off because i'm recording i don't want to get into the recording but anyway um yeah man she kind of uses her as a fucking charity case um but yeah man share is share is a bad character <laughs> she really is because even when she's legit trying to be good at the end towards the end when she's legit trying to be good and trying to do things for people and trying to do good things for people, you still kind of feel like she's got some personal gain into it. You know, you still feel that. So, not really a fan of that character. Uh, Stacy Dash. Let's talk about Stacy Dash because I didn't really talk about Stacy Dash uh, in this movie. Her character Dion. Uh, Stacy Dash's performance is very middle of the road. You know, I mean, she's never been a good actress to begin with you know she's never been that good of an actress to begin with she's really she's a, she's one of those actresses that's been coasting off of her looks and i think i talked about that when i reviewed mo money because she's in that movie mo money and i was just like she's she's kind of like the worst part of the movie <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm talking about mo money not here um here she she steps up a little bit but she's not she's very middle of the road here uh it's just she's just she's just here really like her 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 monotone voice kind of like really takes me out of her performance because she has a really monotone voice very pretty woman i know i know she's a batshit crazy lunatic now (laughs) that people know she's probably a batshit lunatic batshit crazy lunatic back then but people know now it's public it's like public to know that she's a bat shit crazy lunatic like it's a very beautiful woman very 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 beautiful woman but she's not the best actress stacy dash has never been a good actress i've seen her in other things i've seen her in other things i was just like yeah i can do it out very beautiful very beautiful she's great to look at stacy dash is great to look at but she is not the best actress at all. At all. You know who would have killed this this role? You know who would have been a great Dion? Regina King. Regina King was around back then. Regina King would have been a great Dion. Uh, she, she's just as pretty and she's a better actress. You know, she's a better actress. She's just as pretty. She got the pretty little green eyes too. You know, <laughs> she got the pretty little green eyes too. And... She's a she's a way better actress than Stacey Dash. Way better actress than Stacey Dash. This is why I call bullshit on like no other black girl wanted to play Dion. I call bullshit on that because there was there was there's plenty of black actresses that could have played Dion in the '90s and they probably either either passed them up 
or who knows Dion might not have been a, a black character to begin with but who knows I don't know let's move on um Paul Rudd let's talk about Paul Rudd I didn't really care for Paul Rudd's performance too Paul Rudd's performance isn't that great either I'm I'm, I'm gonna say it Paul Rudd's performance isn't that great either I think the problem with this the problem with his performance and I'm not blaming it on Paul I'm not blaming it on Paul he I love Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd. He seems like a sweet guy. You know, he seems like a nice dude. But I just feel like the problem here, like I said, not Paul's fault. I feel like the problem here was they they spent too much time trying to make Paul Rudd the sexy flexy dude in this movie. They spent too much time trying to make him the sexy flexy dude. And his career suffered for that too his career suffered for that uh in the 90s because they were really trying to make paul rudd the sexy flexy dude in the 90s they were really trying to do that with him and it wasn't clicking it wasn't clicking he's not that dude <laughs> you know like he's not that dude i remember because like he was in a whole bunch of other movies where they were trying to make him the sexy flexy dude i remember he did a movie with uh jennifer aniston uh I forgot the name of it. I forgot the name of it. It was like in the, this is like in the late 90s. He did a movie with uh what's that? Was that Object of My Affection? I think that was the name of the movie, Object of My uh, Object of My Affection. I think that was the movie he did with uh Jennifer Aniston. Uh which I just realized they did two movies together now because <laughs> they did Wonderlust, which Wonderlust is underrated. Go check out Wonderlust. Wonderlust is funny as fuck. I love that movie. Um, but he did that movie, and then he did another movie with, uh, I want to say Rachel Vice, where, like, they were trying to make him, like, the sexy flexy dude, and I was just like, him being sexy flexy dude is not, not working, and then, like, he did, he, like, kind of went away for a little bit, Paul Rudd kind of went away for a couple years, and then all of a sudden, like, he, like, he re, like, reinvented himself as the comedy guy, is what he did he reinvented himself as the comedy guy and that worked for him because he's kind of a funny looking dude he's kind of a funny looking dude him being sexy dude wasn't working so this is what they did with him he reinvented himself as funny guy and now he's fucking ant-man now <laughs> shit but you know <laughs> which is cool uh this is this is this is something that i really wanted to talk about <laughs> This is something that I really wanted to talk about. Something that really grinds my gears about this movie. I still find Cher and Josh getting together at the end of the movie a bit weird. I find it a bit weird. And it's not the step-sibling part. The step-sibling part is not weird because they're not related. They're not related. They're not blood you know, I've I've made out with like a step person. Uh, I think I made out I made out with my step cousin one time. <laughs> I was I had a step cousin, and I made out with my step cousin in the back of a limo. You know, <laughs> like I made out with her in the back of a limo. Um, we were 13, 14. I want to say we were fourteen at the time. You know, but <laughs> but yeah. It's, is this something that is this something that happened? <laughs> but I don't remember much. I don't remember much about it. I really don't. But I know that happened. But uh, <laughs> I don't remember much about it. But anyway, uh, but yeah, man, this shit, 
it's the steps, the step, the step shit doesn't bother me. It's the age difference. The age difference irks the fuck out of me. Because if you think about it, Josh is technically committing statutory rape by getting with Cher. Because Cher is 16 years old. And Josh is in college. So I'll say he's like a, like in his early 20s. I want to say, I want to say he's probably in like his early 20s. And the legal age of consent in California is 18. So Josh should be in jail right now. <laughs> Technically, Josh should be in jail right now. That's what he should do. He, he should be in prison right now. He should be in jail. We just ta- we just got finished talking about R. Kelly. <laughs> we, just, we just got finished talking about R. Kelly. And it's kind of it's kind of funny that the R. Kelly thing happened and I'm reviewing Clueless where statutory rape happens at the end of this movie, basically. <laughs> basically, statutory rape. They wouldn't like this ending is just terrible. But overall, I still enjoyed the movie. <laughs> Overall, I still enjoyed the movie. It still holds a, a special place in my heart. It's just that ending. That ending still fucks me up. You know, like I, I will never be okay with that ending. This movie's damn near perfect, except for that damn ending. I will never be okay with that ending. Uh, you can't make me. You can't make me like that ending. I'm sorry, but this movie's damn near perfect, though. Other than that ending, that's all I got to say. Uh, the score I give it, I give, I give it a four out of five. Like I said, that ending just takes like a point. That ending takes a point away from me, cause that shit, that shit is gross. That shit is disgusting to me. Um, I'll be back next week. We're gonna be starting horror month. Ooh, horror month starts next week, and I will be back with uh, Mistress Shauna. She will be back for the rest of horror month. Mistress Shauna will be here. My mistress of the night, my mistress of the dark, she will be here. And we will be talking about horror movies and scary stuff all October. So, the first movie I picked is going to be The Lost Boys. So, join us next week for The Lost Boys. Until next time, peace.